powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. What's going on, everybody? Come on in. Listen, doing a quick uh, impromptu Ask the Bishop tonight. We're in our series group therapy at Harvest Church. And so I've been doing these Ask the Bishops, really coming out of our last series, dealing with love and relationships and all of that, and doing this one tonight. I'm doing these um, doing these throughout the series that we're in group therapy. So come in. Let me know where you're watching from tonight. We're just on IG live tonight. Just going to keep it on one platform tonight versus all of the different platforms so I can get to your questions real quickly. As you're coming in, let me know where you're watching from. Any question tonight about relationships, wounds, uh, pain, all of that. Our series this month is group therapy. Therapy means to heal. So we're healing together in a group form. Your future needs you heal. Can I just get you to type that? Hey Dallas, hey Aurora, my future needs me healed. Hey Nashville, my future needs me healed. Use the question mark button at the bottom to submit your question. I'm going to take five of them and we're going to knock it out. Hey Atlanta, Harvard Church Atlanta is coming soon uh, to an Atlanta near you. All right, you can find out more about it by texting HCATL to 55498. Text HCATL to 55498. Hey, Omaha, is it snowing there? It is not. It started snowing earlier. We had a blizzard, a whole blizzard on Sunday. And Monday was good. It was snowing earlier, but it stopped. Listen, we rebuked and bound and everything else we could do. Ain't nobody got time for that. I am not a fan of the snow. Anybody else like me? I am not a fan of the snow. So this is Bishop, you live in Denver. Listen, you obey God and do your assignment. And I love Denver. Denver's been good to me. And I've been good to it. Um, and uh, But um, the reality is, is that I'm not a fan of the snow. Your future needs to heal. Questions are rolling in. Any question that you've got. And really, um, I'm, we're using group therapy as the basis for these Ask the Bishops. But you can ask anything. And I'll answer it. And here's what you can be assured of. I'm going to give you word. I'm going to give you Bible um, to back up whatever it is that I say. You're not just going to get my opinion. You're going to get Bible. And the Bible says that the word, um, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word will remain. You know how the word remains forever? Let me just teach you this real fast. Because John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Later on in the chapter says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So um, uh, what ends up, that's a great question. Can I get you to put that in, in the question for me so that everybody will be able to see it and I can bring it up on the, on the um, chat? That's a phenomenal question. Woo, that's a good one. Please get that one in. That is so good. But the reason why heaven and earth will pass away, but the word um, will uh, not um, is because Jesus is the word. So because he is eternal, he predates time, he exists outside of time. Um, so the reason that the word will never pass is because he is his word. You can't separate him from what he said. Like that's why our word is supposed to be solid like that, because you cannot separate a person from what they say. Isn't that good? All right. Come on. I see several of y'all not a fan of the snow. Not a fan of snow shoveling. Okay, but you're a fan of the snow. All right. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. I'm not a fan of the snow either. I hear you. Come on in. The questions are coming in. I'm going to take five of them um, tonight. Let me just say this too. If you don't have our app, get our Harvard Search mobile app. You can stay connected. Music messages and more. You can get our uh, our podcast, all of that. All of that is at, um, you text the word harvest to 55498 and you can connect with us and you can get that shalom. Come on in, shalom, shalom. Um, and you can get our app, all right? It's totally free. And let me say this too. Um, we are still doing the thing where um, if you join our text group, you stay connected to Everything Harvest. But one of the things that we're going to do is that um, you'll be able to get, we're going to sow into you. We're going to sow into you uh, a digital copy of my book, Making Money Moves. Making Money Moves. You ain't got to dance no more. You make money moves. Um, and uh, how to get your finances in order. That's especially good right now. We're also going to drop a video. I think I may have already dropped on the, um, no, it drops in the morning. For the church, shalom. Uh, for the church about what to do with your um uh, lots of people are about to get big cash infusions. You're about to get a 1400 if you're in America, you're about to get a $1,400 stimulus check or more. And you are also about to get, um, for many people, your income tax refunds. And so um, the Lord spoke to me and said, give wisdom for what people need to do with that. Because I need your next 12 to be your best financial 12. Come on. So in the morning, uh, we'll release that. I'll probably release it tonight, but it'll it'll release tomorrow um, uh, on the church stuff. I, I saw a comment earlier. So... Uh, 
why the time didn't change in Mexico. Wow, same time. Mm. You missed prayer yesterday. Thank God for the replay. Come on, replay. Can I be honest with you? Somebody says, I want the book, Making Money Moves. Yes. Um, let me see. Somebody says, looking for funding. Oh, that is so good. So let me answer both questions. Let me start with the funding question first. So one of the things, I want you to make sure you stay connected. Text Harvest to 55498 so you can stay connected. We have been in the development um, for our, um, what's called a CDFI, Community Development Financial Institution. And uh, um, we are, it, it's, the process has taken way longer than we wanted to do because much of that is out of our control. But um, what we're doing is we're essentially creating a bank without the deposits. And, um, and so we're going to be able to fund. Um, isn't that amazing? We're going to be able to fund people's futures. Come on, y'all need to give God glory for that. So we're working on that. Um, so I want you to make sure you stay connected so that you can get information on that once that's out. And then to make money moves, get the book. Here's what you do. You can get to our website tonight and you can buy it in our app tonight. You can get it on Amazon tonight. Um, any of that. And it's a digital book. So you'll be able to get it right away. Uh, I literally wrote the book going through guys i got slots for one more question i'm only taking five i got slots for one more question tonight i know we're talking and interacting but that's why i started i got stopped for one more question here's what happens i start answering questions and then what happens then everybody starts sending your questions i only got a spot for five already connected bam there we go there we go good i can't tell who it is because it's because um because of the title so i can't tell who it is but i'm glad you're already connected because i just can't tell who it is because of the uh the screen name but awesome um so in that, shalom, everybody. Come on in. Let me know where you're watching from and share this tonight, too. This is going to be good. Uh, I think I did one win on Saturday. Saturdays was awesome, uh, as always. And so I just wanted to do one tonight. If we've been in our series last month, it was about love. And then this month, we shift into therapy because a lot of your wounds come from people you love. Can I get a witness? A lot of your wounds have come from who you love. Can we be honest? You can't even be wounded by someone that you did not love. Did you hear what I just said? You can't even be wounded by someone that you did not love. Um, I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to release probably in the next couple of days, I'm going to release a video because I've been getting so many questions from people. Bishop, what do you have to say about Kirk Franklin and that whole situation? And I said, I got something to say. Um, we're going to release that. But um, let me do say this part is that um, sometimes when you look at emotions, you don't get emotional about people you do not care about and you do not love. You do not get emotional about people that you do not care about and that you do not love. You can't be wounded by an enemy because you expect that from them. See, the reason we look at Judas with a side eye is because Judas, Judas, you're supposed to be on my team. Judas, you're supposed hey Canada, Judas, hey Nashville, you're supposed to be on my team. So Judas, how is it that you have now acted in such a way um, when you're supposed to be on my team. That's why we side at him. But we don't look at the Pharisees and Sadducees. Why don't we treat them the same way? Why don't we look at them and say, these old dirty, stinking skeezers? Why don't we do that? Let me tell you why. Because we expected that from them because they're an enemy. You cannot be wounded by somebody you don't love. You expect harmful things from your enemies. You do not expect them from those that you love. All right, guys, I hit my questions. We're doing some Ask the Bishop tonight relationships, emotions, healing, wounds, therapy, heal, all of that. You ready? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And let's pin. How do you pin? Okay, let me type a comment and then pin it. All right, let me see. Let me type a uh, pastor hurt. Yes, it is real. It is real. It's more real than, um, than you know. Let me put this in here because I've never done this because normally I just get to going. So we're going to put, we're going to pin a comment. And then for everybody watching on the replay, because they're going to have it come up um, tomorrow, they're going to have it. Um, boom. There we go. And then let's pin it. Okay. That's how you do it. Ah, who knew? All right. Cool. Right. You, you, right. You can only be wounded by someone. Um, that's All right. Here we go. Um, so here we go. We're in our questions. Bam. Let's go. You got it in there. Come on, sir. Listen. How do you heal from pastoral hurts? You ready? Um, so a lot of people talk a lot about church hurt, and, and I hate that term. And the reason I hate that term is because the church as an institution has hurt no one. It's an institution. People in church can hurt you, um, but recognize that's because you can be hurt anywhere. What makes why I think people use this term church hurt is because similar to what I was just saying, people weren't expecting 
betrayal or disappointment or hurt or whatever from people that they, um, you know, that they were, um, that they were around in a church environment, right? So it's, it's becomes, you didn't expect it. Can I say this? Number one, whenever you're dealing with people, you should have a reasonable expectation that people will be people. Can I get a few of you to type that on the screen? People will be people. Where y'all at? Where are my comments? People will be people. Um, so, so get out of this thing of, well, you know, this person, they prayed for me. Okay. Well, okay. But you have prayed and then snapped, crackled and pop. Come on. You, you have, you have, well, they worship with me. Well, you have worshiped and then went out and, and, and had some ratchet moments. People will be people. So when you understand that people will be people, you do not allow yourself to get caught up into this thing of, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this happened. You don't allow yourself to get caught up into that type of thing. All right. So that's number one. Number, excuse me, number two, let me say this. Um, a lot of times, especially when you're talking in church, people like to look at leadership and say, leadership did this, leadership did that. And can I be honest with you? Oftentimes when people have issues with leaders, this isn't true across the board, but this is true most of the time. When people have issues with leaders is that really what happened is that that person was no, no longer able to get what they wanted from that leader. That leader said no. That leader said, we're going we're gonna to do this. You're right. Pastors are not God. People are not God. Human beings. The leader said no. Or a person was removed from a position or they were removed from a certain levels of access. Or um, a person feared rejection. Rejection is more powerful than love. Do you hear what I just said? Rejection is more powerful than love. How do you know that, Bishop? Adam's fear of rejection from God made him run from God. So if a person thinks they're going to be rejected by leadership, rejected by their pastor, rejected by the leader, people can get into this thing of, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to get him before he gets me. So it happens in church because it happens in life. Like people will quit a relationship because if they think, yeah, she's probably going to leave me. So let me quit her. He's probably going to leave me. Let me quit them. Right. Um, you know, that's just life. Say la vie, the French say. So somebody says we're all going to be hurt, hurt, discriminated. Absolutely. That's the series we're in in Harvest Group Therapy. Um, Jesus says you're going to be wounded. John 16, He says you're going to experience tribulation and hurt and suffering, all that. You're going to be wounded. No one is exempt. Can I get you to type this? Even me. Like say even me, like even yourself. So in church many times, that's really what happens is that people or people who have been able to manipulate leadership when they when they're no longer able to do that you know i could tell y'all some stuff. i told i was telling a friend of mine today about a story and you know and i open you know, i keep receipts so i was like look at this i was like look at all of what happened in this situation and he was blown away i was like this is crazy right i was like i i was dealing with all of that while at, while still having to leave come on i was dealing with all of that foolishness mess total fake news garbage I said I was dealing with all of that while still having to press forward. Y'all better hear me. And for some of you, you got to hear me. You have got to stop letting wounds affect your walk. Because I'm about to answer the question. How do you heal from pastoral hurt? Don't Number one, don't let wounds. Well, number one, expect people to be people. Number two, don't let wounds affect your walk. Often when pastors are hurt, you ready? This is going to be a hard truth, but it's truth. Often when pastors are hurt, it is because they had an understanding of a relationship with someone uh, uh, that around them, a leader or someone that served them, whatever, that that other individual did not was not on the same page with them. Let me give you an example. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm paternal. So part of my assignment, first, uh, first Corinthians 415 is a spiritual father. Father means life giver. That's part of my assignment. Right. So when you're paternal, you can see people as sons and daughters and they can even revere you that way in word, but not necessarily in action. See, people can say they love you, but really what they're saying is they love what you do for them. It's quiet on this chat. It's quiet on this chat. People can say they love you, but what they're really saying is I love how you make me feel. See, one of the greatest things I did was learn to separate people loving me and loving what I do for them. Come on, y'all. Come on. All right. All right. Uh, I learned how to separate people loving me and and people loving what I do for them. And I realized that for many people, when they say I love you, not all because not all what they're saying is I love what you do for me, not you. 
How do you know that's different? How do you know that's significant, Bishop? Because the moment, here's how you know whether or not a person loves you or loves what you do for them, is that the moment some drama goes down, an issue happens, something goes down, there's, a, there's an issue, there's a challenge, there's a circumstance, if they, watch me, if, they're, if they can walk away from you without even hearing you, you know they never loved you. Did you hear what I just said? If they can walk away from you without ever hearing you, you know they never loved you. They love what you did for them. So consequently, um, the whole principle here is that um, for many pastors, like they will say, oh, that person's with me. They're going to be with me forever. Stop. Stop. I recently was walking with a pastor through this situation. Recently, like, stop. Like, no, nah, I know this person. They, they've been rocking with me. They love me. They're going to be with me. No, stop. Because here's the deal. People can be around you, you ready, and and never be attached to you. Um, proximity does not mean purpose. What does that mean? You can be around me, but that does not necessarily mean that there is any purpose in you being around me. Y'all quiet on this chat tonight, right? And so this is not just a pastoral principle. It's a life principle. Like um, just Judas was around Jesus and never liked him and never loved him. Right? How do you know? Because the moment an opportunity to betray him came, he took it. And for some of y'all, can I go? Can I go Bible right now? We are getting ready to uh, to go into Passover. Passover was literally when Jesus betrayed Judas. Can I tell you what's going on in your life right now? You are literally in the time where God says, "I'm about to show you your Judases." Y'all ain't talking to me tonight. And for those of you watching the replay, you are literally in the time, the Hebrew feast time. It starts in a week and a half. God says, I am literally in the season where Judas is, they can no longer hide their hands. Let's go. They can no longer hide their hands. You're going to hear what they said about you. Let's go. You're going to hear what they've been really think about you. You're going to know how they really feel about you. You're going you're gonna to know the real deal. I need somebody to say it's real. It's real. You're going to know the real deal because you, somebody says it's already started. Absolutely. Because this was the time 2000 years ago. We're literally 2000 years ago, right during this time, Judas was plotting with the Pharisees and Sadducees. And there are some people, this is the reason why when they come around you, you're like, because mm, mm, mm. where they come from, where they come from, where they come from. It's from plotting against you. Where they come from is from having meetings about you. Let's talk. Where they come from is doing all this. 2,000 years ago, this is exactly what was happening right now. Right? Okay. So, so the Passover season is when Jesus says, I'm going to show you your Judases. They cannot hide themselves because Passover is when I reveal them. And what's a Judas? Can I teach deeper? What's a Judas? Judas is a, his name in, in, in uh, Hebrew, it means a peephole in a door, which means what a Judas does is a Judas is looking in to go run something somewhere else. And I need some of y'all to say run tail this because watch me, watch me. When he reveals your Judas, your only responsibility is to keep it moving. This is so good. Y'all with me? Right? Your only responsibility is to keep it moving. That's the season that we're in. Um, and so J Jesus, he looks at Judas and he's like, listen, dude, do what you're going to do and do it quickly. Like, hurry up. And I want everybody to catch a key, few key lessons from how Jesus handled Judas. He knew who he was, but he didn't confront him. He watched his actions. So this is the third point to answer this question, man of God. Here's the third point. The third point is let actions speak louder than words. Because people will sell you a whole lot of stuff with their mouth. But if your actions can't back it up, right, you know, somebody doesn't love you, but they love what you do in the moment that they have an opportunity to walk away, to betray, to trade you for something that they think is better. Like if somebody else comes along that they think is better than you, then they hop on that bandwagon. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Wave them if you've ever had that happen where somebody traded you because they thought that they were going to upgrade with somebody else to only realize that the upgrade was watch me was fake. Somebody says, this fits so perfectly for tonight, right? So one, people will be people. Um, but, but in that, you do not uh, overplay your part or your role in people's lives. Because you may think this person, this person is with me. They're going to be with me forever. They're going to fight for me. They'll die for me. And the moment a fight comes, they out. Got it? So the best thing to do there is to let action speak 
louder than words. And here's the last thing I would say to answer this question. How do you recover from that hurt? Ecclesiastes 1.18, this is your scripture. Your scripture is from wisdom comes from wounds. For those of you who are dealing with some wounds right now, can I get you to type that? Even if you're watching the replay, my wisdom comes from my wounds. My wisdom comes from my wounds. My wisdom comes from my wounds. So what? here's what most people do. When you get wounded, you withdraw. Who am I talking to? You withdraw. I'm done with people. I ain't going to be around nobody. I'm just done. Uh-uh. 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 Because what the enemy wants to do is to shut down your pore. Is to get you so wounded and so bitter and so angry that you're like, I'm done with people. And, and can I be honest with you? And this is, let me go here. Y'all ready for this? This is why many of you, you keep getting, meeting the same person because you have not yet passed the test. Shut up. You keep meeting the same person because you have not passed the test. You keep going through the same issue because you have not passed the test. And until you pass it, you have to repeat it. And I learned that lesson. Like, I'm passing this test, right? Um, and so that's what I would say. How do you deal? How do you heal from pastoral hurt? Is you got to get wisdom from it. And those are some of the wisdom. Those are some of the pieces to that. Like when you identify Judas's, stop putting all your energy on them. Just mark them. Can I get a few of y'all to type that? Mark that mark. Come on, y'all. Mark that mark. Mark them. Mark them. But it does not mean you need to go deal with them every time. Like that was another lesson I had to learn as a pastor. Sometimes there's just things I have to mark and keep it moving. God, I want to run. This is good. To, I'm glad you asked this question. As a leader... And, and for anyone where you are in a leadership role, there are certain people you have to mark and keep it moving. Jesus marked him and he said, but I'm not going to be going back and forth. Hey, man, why you steal them for me? Hey, man, why you lying on me? Hey, man, why you doing it? He just, he marked him. He marked him. He's like, look, I already know what that dude is about. I already know him. All right. Somebody says, got your book today. Awesome. Mark that mark. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Trace that trick. Listen. All right. Mark that mark. That's all you do. That's how you do it. You mark them. Stop. Stop running. And I'm going to have a meeting. Stop. Stop all these meetings. It's quiet on tonight's chat. Stop all these meetings. Stop all these lunches. Stop all these breakfasts. Because let me, let me tell you what you're doing. You're spending time on Judas. He's one out of 12. Spend time on the 11. Come on. Spend time on your 11. Spend time building your 11. And this was another lesson I had to learn because I would be focusing all on the one. But you got 11 that are for you. You got 11 that are with you. Y'all know I'm going to come up with something. I'm going to come up with an alliteration. Mark that mark and trace that trick. All right? Is what it is. And that's not to demean people or to devalue people. It's just to say the role you're playing in my life is you a mark. All right? The role you're playing in my life is your trick. That's not to demean you or to value, devalue you. Got it? But stop all the meetings. Pastors on tour, we're going to have a meeting about this. We're going to meet with this one about this. I learned, I'm not having all these meetings. Focus on the 11. Can I get a few of y'all to type that? Focus on the 11. Focus on the, focus on them. There is more for you than against you, but your wounds will make you pay attention. What do you do when you're wounded? You scratch it. You look at it. You pay attention to it. That's what you do. And for those of you wondering why I'm in this show, because I'm from the gym not too long ago. All right. All right. You got to say somebody, it's just pure confirmation. Like that's a whole word. Mark that mark, trace that trick. Stop all these meetings. Stop it. Stop all of these. But we just going to go to eat and see what happened and all of that. Let me tell you something. You grown and you, and you have got to stop treating grown people like they're children. You knew what you did. You knew what you said. You knew how you was acting. You knew. So look, you know, okay. So, so what's the deal? And that doesn't mean you don't get clarity, but it also means that you don't overinvest in a bunch of conversations. I look back on some, y'all remember that old church song, as I look back over my life. Like, I've looked back over life and ministry, and I said, there's a lot of time where it was misappropriated. I don't say wasted time. I need to say I have no regrets. Have no regrets. What's a regret? It's perpetual grief. It means you never heal from it because you keep grieving over it. That's what a regret is. I have no regrets. The, somebody says, you knew what you did last summer. The Bible says this. Um, the Bible says that you would be cast to a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
And the average Christian looks at that and thinks it's talking about hell. Not so. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. If you look in your Bible, there's an asterisk there after that phrase. It refers you to a scripture in the Old Testament, in the Psalms. And it literally refers to a place of regret, which means hell is living in regret. That's one level of hell. You live in regret. I should have did this. Well, you didn't. You didn't. So let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. So that's how you did. That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked that question. I hope that helped. All right. All right. Look. Okay. Boom. Let's go to this. Next question. How do you handle the ability to have good discernment? I peep almost everything, but I don't always handle my truth and it won't let me see the rest of your question. I don't handle my truth properly and sometimes feel I can't see the rest of the question. Um, so how do you handle the ability to have good discernment? Well, one, recognize that having discernment, having guys, if you have a share, share this tonight. I'm just on IG tonight, just doing some quick impromptu Ask the Bishop stuff. All right. And let me just say this. If you don't have our app, can I get y'all to type it on the screen again? Text Harvest to 55498 to get that app. I promise you, you want to stay connected to everything we're doing. Okay. Paranoid. Right. So there's a difference between discernment and paranoia. And, and Sunday's message is going to be really good because it's called Help, I Have Trust Issues. Um, and without going in depth into what that message will be on Sunday, and then tomorrow's message is called This Is How We Overcome. We're going to deal with that process of wounds turning on the scars and all of that. Both messages are going to be amazing. If you say everything's amazing, because listen, I'm okay. I have amazing, I have phenomenal, I have incredible you know, I got more than just amazing. I've got, I've got a, I've got a diverse repertoire. Um, but let me say this: there's a difference between discernment and paranoia. Discernment is the ability. Everybody, listen to distinguish spirits. To distinguish spirits, which means um, what type of spirit could it be? One, spirit of God. Two, evil spirit. Three, spirit of man. Numa in your Greek, spirit of man. It could be somebody's actions, right? So what you have is discernment means I can tell which one it is because some stuff you call the devil is God. That's why you can't rebuke it. Love you, too. Some stuff we tell the devil is God, which is why you can't rebuke it. You can't rebuke God. If it leaves, you know what it is, but you cannot force God to leave. All right. Secondly, if it's evil, contrary to um, th there are certain things that are evil. Um, I was having a conversation with someone. I was saying, listen, what you're dealing with is evil because you're not just dealing with um, um, something, somebody that's hurt. You're dealing with somebody that they don't want to heal. They want to hurt you. I said, this is a spirit behind it, which is why every time you talk to them, every time you engage with them, it shifts your whole, it shifts your whole trajectory because this is evil. This is trying, this is trying to oppose you. Evil and Biblical terminology, it means um, to evil means contrary to. So if I'm walking this way and this is doing, it's contrary to. All right. A lot of people though will call something that's 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 challenging them. They will say, well, that's a hater. That's the devil. Well, a challenge is not the same as trying to block, stop. A challenge isn't the same as contrary to. You got what I'm saying? Like somebody will say, you know what? Why don't we do this? They just hating. They just trying to, you know, every time I do something, they trying to give me the, stop, like chill out. Okay. They're not trying to be contrary to you. They're trying to make it better. Contrary means I want you to stop. Got it? Challenge means I want you to be better. And then thirdly, something can be the spirit of man. It can just be somebody and how they act. Body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. It can just have, it can just be how somebody acts. It can be them. Um, and and it is the spirit of man. It is their mentality. It is the way they work. It's the way they walk. It's the way they talk. Um, that type of thing. So discernment is I I can distinguish which one it is. That's number one. Second piece of discernment is it's not paranoia. It's awareness. It's awareness. It's awareness, which means I'm not. Somebody trying to get me. I always feel like no. It's not that. It's not paranoia. It's awareness. It's the same as I can't on tonight. It's awareness. Listen, man, I've been, I'm, I'm on a special thing now. I've got a new fitness goal. I got a new one. I've been meeting and meeting and meeting. So I got a new fitness goal. So I'm on this, this, this stuff that I'm, this, this shake stuff that I'm doing. And it's got me hype. You got it? All right. Um, but in that, um, it's awareness. 
it, it means that I recognize the spirit behind you. And can I be honest with you? Many times when you're dealing with situations, you need to you need to say, okay, I'm not dealing with you. You move. What's the spirit behind you? I dealt with this. There was a situation recently that occurred and I knew what it was. I was like, I already know what this is. I know the spirit behind this. So I know how to respond to this. And my response to this is I will press harder. I, I already know because I know the spirit behind this is designed to make me say, well, let me pull back. Let me hold back. Let me withdraw. And that's not the right approach to take to that. So that's discernment. Don't be paranoid, but be aware. Once you're aware, then you know what type of attack to launch. Okay, because if it's God, all you need to say is God, get the glory. Hey, come on. Y'all, let's go up in the spirit for a moment. Say, God, get the glory. God, we pray that we would have discernment in our lives where you can get the glory out of whatever it is that it's you behind. Get the glory out of it in Jesus name. Here's number two. If it's the enemy, Father, we pray that you would show us where the enemy is at work so we know how to properly deal with them. Our fight is not with the enemy. You said we fight the good fight of faith, not the good fight of with the devil. We fight the fight of faith. So if it's evil, if it's from the enemy, God, show us what to pray, show us what to come against, show us what to shut down, show us how to, uh, who not to engage, show us what to do. And if it's just dealing with a person, God, and their spirit, their mentality, their thinking, Father, show us how to navigate through that. Allow our discernment, God, to make us aware so we know how to attack in Jesus' name. Amen. That's good. All right. And let me just say this on that third thing real quick. The spirit of man. It can be them or it can be you. Because there's some stuff you call the devil and it's you. There's some stuff you call God and it's you. Okay, what do you mean by that? Like, you ever met somebody? I, you know, I just got to be honest. Let me clean this up as good as I can. Sometimes when I talk to certain people, I just... Can I say it? I'm going to say it. Sometimes when I talk to certain people, I am amazed at some of the stuff that they say, that they say is God, that God would have nothing to do with. How do you know, Bishop? Because it contradicts his word. He's not going to say something that contradicts what he said. I'm going to say it again. He is not going to say something that contradicts what he said. And so, you, you, you know, there's all kinds of things. Well, you know, I'm going to do that. But if the Lord said, no, so you mean to tell me God's going to tell you not to keep your word? You a whole lie. It's quiet. Well, you know, I just, you know, I just don't, I don't believe in it. Well, you know, it don't matter if you don't believe in it or not. What does the word say? What is the, like, y'all got to watch. Uh, let me move on. Okay, let me move on. Let me move on. Let me move on. Let me move on. All right. Let's go to this next question. See, I told y'all now I got like a million questions in here. Um, but let, let's get to the next question. All right. If my ex-husband is addicted to drugs and he continues to go in and out of jail, um, do I let go and stop helping him? Great question. I can't answer that directly. And here's what. I don't have enough context. I don't have enough context um, to answer that question. Um, I don't have enough context to answer that question. Um, and so, But here's what I will say. Um, when you begin to enable people, you ready? You become their idol. Let's go, y'all. Um, how many of you, y'all talk to me tonight. I know I'm, I'm, I'm not engaging you a lot tonight, but let me engage you here. How many of you, you have ever felt bad for somebody, began to help, and then you just never, ever stopped helping? Wave at me. Wave at me. And that's right. You're doing the right thing. We are going to pray for him. Matter of fact, let's pray while I'm answering. Respond, and we're going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for this drug addiction. You know who he is. You know where he's at. And in Jesus' name, Father, we send healing to him. We pray, God, that you would get to the root of the addiction. Addictive behavior is always rooted in shame. Addictive behavior is always rooted in insecurity. I pray, God, that you would break that root of insecurity and shame tonight and in his life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, just so everybody knows that addictive behavior is always rooted in insecurity and shame. Always. Shame produces pride. So the addiction is a way now um, to callous or harden the area that they are ashamed. A person is ashamed of. All right. But we're going to see a testimony out of that. Okay. All right. Here we go. Um, if you continue to enable people, you become their idol. 
which means they will not go to God. They're going to come to you. Let's go. They're not going to pray. They're going to come to you. They're not going to sow. Why sow if I could just keep getting money from you? Be careful when you give money to people who don't tithe. It's quiet on the chat tonight because when you give money to people who don't tithe, you're saying to them, you will provide for them even though they don't tithe. So you become their idol. And what does the Bible say? The Lord says, I will have no, I, there shall have no idols. I have no gods before me. When you become their idol, you become their God. You become their God, he'll remove you from their life. For, so for some of you, the reason certain relationships ended is because they came to you. They didn't go to God. You became the idol. So the idol had to go. Let's go. You became the idol. So the idol had to go. You, 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 they wouldn't tithe and you kept bailing them out. That's a word for somebody tonight. You became the idol. So the idol has to go. I can't answer that directly. But what I can say, but what I can say um, is if you are at a point to where you, because I don't know what helping him means. So I don't know if you mean financial help or what kind of help. So there's too much to that where, where I can't answer that directly without more details. But here's what I can say. If you are thinking that it's too much, it's probably too much. It's probably too much. All right. All right. What well, is that question number three? That's number three. All right. Got two more. There's way more than that in here, um, but I'm going to I'm going to get to it. Where we at? Where you 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 at? Da 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 da. Ooh, oh da 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 da. Where we at? Come on, it's not coming up for me. All right. Should you date? This is question four. There's one more question I'm going to be able to get. I can only get five. So guys, when I do these ask the bishops, can I ask you to get your questions in right away so that? Yeah, you know, get to them because as we go, questions start adding, but I'm only going to be able to do five. Um, so let me say this. Should you date an unsaved person? No. That's a cut and dry answer. Let me tell you the answers that I hear. Well, what if God wants to use me to get them saved? They need to get saved before you date them. Um, well, oh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. The unbelieving spouse. Is sanctified by the believing spouse. Stop. Let me come help you and come for them edges, right? Or bald head or your waves, whatever you got. Let me help. Okay? Let me help. The reason Paul says that the unbelieving spouse is sanctified by the believing spouse is because there was the possibility, everybody listen, there was the possibility that two people could, everybody listen, that two people could have married and neither had heard the gospel. And neither, somebody says they got some numbers, I got to block, block them, or just don't answer, that neither heard of the gospel. So one would hear the gospel and respond to it, while the other would not respond, would not respond. Are y'all here? One would hear the gospel, and the other would not hear the gospel, and one would respond, the other would not respond. So when the scripture says, the unbelieving spouse is sanctified by the believing spouse, that was the context. That's the scenario. The scenario is not you got married to somebody who didn't love the Lord and you praying you're going to change him. Stop. You got married to somebody who didn't love the Lord. You praying you're going to change her. Stop. Can I go deeper? Here's what you're saying. And I saw a comment, though, and this is really good. I want to jump on that, too. Um, the, what, the, what you're really saying when you marry somebody that is not a Christian what you're saying is, God, my lusts and my desires and my wants are not as important as my relationship and belief in you. That's what you're really saying. And that may be a hard pill to swallow, swallow it, though, because it's the right pill. That's what you're really saying. Now, I saw a comment about somebody saying, but, you know, what about, you know, if they're you know, dealing with, um, you know, um, I'm assuming the comment. Let me, I'm not assuming, I'm presuming the comment was like they're having a challenge finding or, you know, or, or dating a Christian person. And can I tell you that, listen to this, everybody, please listen to this. I'm going to get to this final question and then I'm getting ready to close because I've been on it for 38 minutes. Um, listen very carefully to this. Um, somebody says, you're so blunt. I love it. Well, let's ask the bishop. We just, let's go. Come on. Because can I be honest with y'all? We've had enough cornflakes and cookies. And part of what my assignment is. Is to be real, and so that's why I'm not. I'm not gonna. I don't. I'm not preaching no cookies and cornflakes gospel. That's only real on Sundays. That's only real on Wednesdays. That's only real when we on live. This thing has got to work for you tonight, all right? Because some of y'all gonna get some texts after we get off talking about what you doing. 
Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Got it? Okay. All right. Um, so so let's go here. Let's go here. Uh, we gotta be real. We got Jesus was real. He said stuff. Jesus preached a message one time where everybody left him. Jesus literally cleared out his whole church with one message. You know what he said? He said, drink my blood, eat my body. They thought he was saying being a cannibal. Everybody got up and started walking out. Everybody started leaving him. Everybody started leaving him because Jesus was like, hey, um, listen, guys, this is, um, you know, no, I was talking, he was talking about Passover, okay, which is now referred to as communion or the Eucharist if you're in a liturgical background. But they left him and Jesus was just keeping it real. And Jesus was real. He told a woman by the well, yeah, go get your husband, baby. Sir, I have no husband. You're right, you ain't got no husband. And the man you with now ain't been your husband. You had several husbands. Why you got so many men? You don't trust. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. You don't trust. You don't trust. That's why you got so many relationships. You got trust issues, boo. All right? And he was real with her. You know what she just, I perceive you a prophet. <laughs> and what did she do? She went and got people. Guys, can I just say this too while I'm on it? Let me just say what I want to say. Listen. Um, I'm going to use my words carefully because I'm a pro man of God guy. I'm a pro man of God. I'm a pro pastor. I'm a pro, I'm pro church. I love God's church. I love, I love it. Let me go here. The woman went and got other people and brought them to the truth. And we live in a generation now where people will run and go get people to bring them to a lie. But when the truth comes, they barely share. Y'all ain't going to talk now. They barely tell other people. They barely get the word out. You get the truth and like, ooh, this is good. But who have you given the truth to? Who have you shared the truth with? You will send somebody a lie. Ooh, look at this. And he ain't saying nothing. It's quiet. Ain't talking about nothing. Ain't saying nothing. Saying a bunch of stuff that don't work, but because his haircut is cool. Lord Jesus. I'm a, I, listen, listen, listen. I'm out there now, but let's go. All right. Ooh, this is good. Ooh, this is the word. Ooh, this. Ooh, come on, say it, sir. Ooh, my God. You do all of that and then won't bring nobody back. Jesus told her the truth and she went and got people and brought them back to the truth. And I pray somebody said it right there, please don't be selfish when you get true that you don't share it. Like, this is mine and I got to keep it to myself. I'm a pro man of God guy. I will not. I, 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 I use my platform to build up men of God. But doggone it. Don't let the fake stuff. The sad thing about culture today is that the real won't say nothing because real don't get recognized. And I'm going to drop the mic. Real don't get recognized. Fake gets celebrated. We live in an American culture specifically where substance isn't celebrated. Show is. Substance ain't celebrated. The show is celebrated. This is probably too much. Let me stop. This is too much. Substance isn't celebrated. The show is celebrated. Ooh, child. Look, the show gets celebrated with no substance, but you can't live off no show. Baby, you can't live off the Grammys. You're going to have to play the CD. The truth. And so can I encourage you? Share truth. When it comes out, share it. Be a sharer. And thank you for all of you who do it and uh, continue to do it. Share it. Share it. Because we can't just sit back and say, ooh, this is good. This is good. This is good. I heard that. I heard that. Mr. Foreman said this. Well, who did you share it with, though? Who did you give it to, though? The woman at the well said, this man told me the truth, and I'm going to bring some people to share this with them. They need to meet this man. Come see a man who's going to tell you about your life. You can't live off of that. You need substance. Okay. So, all right. I got that out. Let's go here. <laughs> Let's go here. Um... When you're talking about dating an unsafe person and dealing with people, you're going to always deal. This is dating, period. I don't care if you date Christians, non-Christians, Jews, Muslims, uh, 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 Hebrew Israelites, uh, pyramid believers, crystal users, whatever. Everybody listen. You're always going to have more counterfeits than fits. This is 1 Samuel 16. You're always going to have more counterfeits than fits. You're always going to have more people counterfeit. Seven of Jesse's sons come before Samuel, the man of God. None of them are the fit. They look it. Everybody listen. They look like the fit. They look like it's going to be great. But the Bible says that, that when he, uh, uh, Samuel went to them, the oil didn't flow. They weren't in. It was David who wasn't even in the house yet who was the fit. And, for, and just listen, everybody do the math. 
you're going to have to go through seven counterfeits before you get a fit. So a lot of times when it comes to dating, people are talking about, oh, child, I just ain't found no good man. I ain't found no good woman. You've dated two. The math doesn't, you're not even at your number. You haven't hit your quota. And I mean that for real, for real. Can I get somebody, somebody to put that on the chat? For real, for real. You have not even hit your quota. Three people is not seven. Biblically speaking, you're going to have to go through seven. For those of you who say, just ain't no good friends out there. You've had two friends. You haven't hit your quota. You need to get through seven. That's like, I'm so serious right now. You haven't even hit your quota. And you sitting here talking about ain't nobody real. There's seven billion people on the planet. Two people who did you wrong isn't everybody. Come on. I need somebody to just say, I'm free tonight. What are you free from? You are free from indicting everybody based on a couple of people. You're free from that. You are free from indicting people based on a couple of people. You are free from indicting everybody else because a couple of people. Wow, this has been almost an hour. All right. Has this been good for anybody? So, you know, when it comes to dating and relationships, you're going to have to go through some counterfeits. People are going to look to part. They're going to talk to part. But if I did a message, please get this message called Christian dating done right. Christian dating done right. If you follow that, it will work for you. If you don't, I'm just telling you, it's not going to work. And, some, and listen, because some people will say, you're ready for this? I'm going to say this and then I'll get to the last question. Some people will say, well, Bishop, I, you know, I'm following that, but it ain't working because I'm single. Stop. It is working. Single is not failure. And marriage isn't success. Being single isn't failing. And being married didn't mean you succeeded. It's about, did you find the right fit? That's success. That's success. That's success. That, I'm going to say, that's success. That is success. Okay? So stop saying, I'm doing it God's way, but I'm still single. That doesn't mean it failed. That means it's working because you didn't get what Ike. That means it's working because you didn't get what a... Uh, Y'all name a wretched woman. Well, y'all do it, so I ain't got to do it, <laughs> okay? Single isn't failing, okay? Longevity, let's go here. Longevity is good, but let's go here. Longevity doesn't mean success in a relationship. People, you can be married for 40 years and cheat on them for 39. That's not a success. Never think longevity means success. Success means the right fit. You got the right fit, the right fit. Let's go here. Father, I pray for everybody tonight single, married, whatever their situation is, that they find the right fit for whatever seats are vacant in their lives. Come on, y'all. Let's go for a moment. I pray, God, if it's a romantic seat, I pray it's filled with the right fit. If it's a friend seat, I pray that it's filled with the right friend. If it's a business partner seat, I pray it's filled with the right business partner. In Jesus' name, we pray for the right fits. Come on, y'all. Type right fits on the screen tonight. All right. All right, so I said I'm going to do five questions. I'm a man of my word. I like to keep my word as much as I can, so I am going to keep it. Here's the last question. Can you add your opinion regarding the controversy surrounding Kirk Franklin? What do you do when you have grown, and I'm assuming it says children because I can't see the rest of the question. All right, now I can see it. What do you do when you have grown children who are disruptive? This is so good. So I'm going to do, I mentioned this at the beginning tonight. I'm going to be doing a video about that tonight. Um, and, uh, or, or over the next couple of days, I'm going to put it out because I've been getting that question a lot from a lot of people. And so I've decided typically I stay out of other people's business and I'm still going to stay out of other people's business. Um, because a couple of things, I think a few things, let me just give you three quick things about that. And then we out of here. Somebody said, I've been wondering what you think. I promise you it's been the top question because Kurt Franklin is, you know, um, people, I was, I was walking to the gym the other day and someone was like, what up, Kirk Franklin? I was like, I'm taller than Kirk. Thank you. Thank you. I am taller than Kirk. Thank you. Don't demote me. <laughs> Don't demote my I'm being funny, guys. Um, but, um, but here's the first thing I think. Here's the first thing uh, I think. Number one, um, it is easy to throw rocks when it's not your house the rocks are being thrown at. That's number one. Um, that was personal business that became public, that shouldn't have become public. Every parent on here right now, you know good and doggone well that you, if your grown child 
came at you with on some other stuff. Why y'all quiet now? So, look, let's go here. For some of you parents, it ain't got to be your grown kid, your teenager that starts smelling themselves. Listen, all right. So one, it was pri it was private business. That's number one. So I, I think it's unfortunate because everybody watching, all of us, if there's private business that it was private for a reason and it wasn't everybody's business. And so I want to encourage everybody, don't throw stones. Like I've seen some comments where people saying, you know, this ain't heaven bound. Like people saying he's going to hell. I said, you people are nuts. This is why people have an issue with Christians because they think you represent Christianity. Like that's nuts. You're, you're, you're Looney Tunes. I've seen comments of people accusing him of all kinds of things. And, and at the end of the day, that was private business that became public. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing that I will say. Um, a moment, a moment, everybody listen, a moment is very different than a pattern. Pattern, moments lie, patterns don't. Patterns don't. What do you mean? You can have a great moment, but that doesn't mean you're great at what you do. You just had a great moment. Like you can have, everybody heard of one hit wonders in music. Like it means they had this one song where they killed it and then you never hear them again. That was a moment, not a pattern. If you have hit after hit after hit after hit after hit after hit, you're a hit maker. If you have one hit, they call you one hit wonder because it was a moment, not a pattern. Um, th there's that piece. So none of us are able to see the patterns. You weren't able to see the sun side. You weren't able to see Kirk's side. All you saw is 45 seconds of a clip. Watch me. So you can't make a movie out of a clip. It's quiet. You can't make a movie out of a clip. Um, and, 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 and so it's, I think it's very dangerous to take the seat of he needs to do this, he needs to do that. Stop. Um, because that was you and your child. That's a moment, not a pattern. So the first thing you would do if you were the parent, you would say, but let me tell you about all of what I did. Let me tell you how she acted. Let me tell you what he did. Let me tell you about that. And then if you're the kid, you're going to say, well, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about my basketball game. Let me tell you about my football game. Let me tell you how I wanted this and you didn't give me that. Like, like there's so much to it that neither, we don't know enough to comment on other people's business. Got it? I need somebody to say, that's not my business. I know that's not popular in today's culture because that's what we live off of. Like those videos have, I was like, shoot, I probably need to start being a commentator because those views have half a million views talking about other people's business. I just, me personally, I don't like talking about other people's business, right? Um, but I was like, I looked at that. I was like, that's what I need to start doing. Let me sit up and start talking about other people's business because apparently that's the way you become a YouTube star is talk about other people's business, right? Um... And here's the third thing I want to say. Here's the third thing I want to say about that. And I'll leave the rest for the video I'm going to do. The third thing that I will say about that is this. Um, is that um, in that particular scenario, to go to that level. Everybody listen very carefully. To go to that level. To go to that level. Um, clearly, there was passion. There was fire. Now, let's, you know, um, let's deal with this. Um, can I say something for you? Um, if people don't, it's my, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Um, how do I want to say this? Let me say it like this. If a person goes to that level in their anger, here's what it also shows you. There is a depth in their love. I'm going to say it slowly so everybody can get it and just think about it for a second. You don't get angry like that about somebody you hate. You would have said, man, forget you. Boop. Bam. You don't go, you don't on both sides. Let me be clear because, again, Bishop, what's your opinion on what he said? I don't have one because that's not my business. I don't have one. I've learned to not do that. Can I help everybody? I've learned to not do that. You don't get angry about people you don't love. You don't get angry about people, about situations you don't care about. You go, you get angry when there's a depth of love. And, um, and in both, what you can hear is, is, is love. Um, and that's their business. 
in my perspective, and you know, so you got people saying, well, you know, he's supposed to be a gospel artist, and okay, with it. guys, with the same measure you judge, you'll be judged. I mean, I saw tweets about verbal abuse, of like a, a, whoa, that's that's a stark indictment. That's that's a that's a high indictment. That's a high indictment. Um, I, you know, again, people go on do what they do, but that's their business. That's their business. And I think those are my three observations. I'll share more in the video later on. So the last part of your question, and then we out of here because it's been almost an hour. Last part of your question is, what do you do when you have grown kids who are disruptive? It's very simple. When they're grown um, and they're disruptive and they're disruptive and they're disruptive, um, here's where you go. Listen, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. This is what we're doing here. If you don't want to do that, I love you, but I release you to not have to come up in this house. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me tonight. Not just with your grown kids, but watch me, with your with your cousins, with your sisters, with your brothers, with with your, you know, with your all of that. With your all of that. Somebody says there was provocation there. Absolutely. But guys, you'll notice what I just did. I didn't get into the depth of what happened because that's none of that's not my business because I don't know. I don't know the last 33 years. I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. Please, if I could teach, especially for those of you who are leaders, if I could teach you what I just did there, I address the situation with what's called nuance. It's a nuance answer. I did not deal with the direct facts of what happened because we don't have the facts. What we have is 45 seconds out of a much longer conversation. So that's so to comment on that um, with no. And again, it's a family relationship. It's a family relationship. And y'all know family, family stuff piles up like family stuff, you know, um, can be deep and intense. So I did not deal with that because that's not that's not um, we don't know enough to speak to that. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Like, we don't know enough to speak to that and to say, well, I think it reveals this. And I think 45, you're going you gonna, you gonna to have a whole hour show on a 45 second conversation. You're making a movie out of a clip. We don't know. We do not know. Uh, every parent, you heard it one way. I've heard a lot of comments from parents on one side talking about, oh, no, 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 no. I've heard a lot of comments from like, you know, people who like claim to be woke, but they sleep. Y'all met them people where they claim to be woke, but they sleep. Like they claim they are so woke, but they are so sleep. Like, you know, you know, they throw rocks, but don't throw them at them because they can't take that. They'll talk trash to you, but don't talk it to them. They can't take that. Anybody met people like that? Like that's a whole thing going on in the world. They're so woke, but they sleep. They are so sleep. Um, you're like, what are you talking about? Like, you are not woke at all. You're you're dreaming. This is a Christopher Williams song. You're dreaming. Um, but watch the nuance there and, and how I handle that because we don't know. Um, but but in that, um, I was making a point. Oh, but anybody, um, if you don't want to get along with what's going on in here, you have to give people the freedom to release them and say, I love you, but I release you because you're not bringing this disruption in here. You're not bringing that in here. We're not doing that here. And that may be tough for people you really, you know, you really care about. But at the end of the day, you got to keep it moving. Okay, guys. Amazing. I pray that you were blessed tonight, encouraged tonight. This will be on a replay uh, also over the next few days. So check it out on um, Facebook and YouTube and all of that. Um, what are you doing? I'm doing more of these. One, just to go along with our series. But also because I'm gearing up for something that we talked about a few months ago called uh, the People's Bishop Unfiltered. And so um, it is where um, we deal directly with some things. I'm going to keep, I'm going to always keep a Bible, but we got to deal directly with some, with some, with some hot topics and issues and hot topics uh, with some issues and different things and all that. All right. Uh, listen, if this blessed you tonight, sow into it. How can you sow? You can use the Bishop Foreman cash app. Bishop Foreman with the number two. Dollar sign, Bishop Foreman with the number two. You can sow that way. You can also go to harvestchurch.church forward slash give and sow that way. For those of you who like to use the church's cash app, again, we have been in constant 
uh, attempted communication, Cash App has become unresponsive now and trying to fix the issue. So it lets some people through, it lets some people not through. And so it's just a mess. So please use the other giving methods if you're a Cash App user. All right. Somebody says you're the go. Praise God. To God be the glory. Love you all and appreciate you so much. Pray you have an amazing night tonight. Church tomorrow night, seven o'clock mountain, nine o'clock Eastern. It's going to be fire. The message is this is how we overcome. Bible says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I'm going to show you um, how to handle your scars. It's going to be amazing. Sunday's message is help. I have trust issues. So it's going to be awesome. So if you want to sow, go sow. Bishop Foreman, dollar sign. Bishop Foreman with the number two. Um, so off them stimmy jimmies. What is that? What is this? Yeah, you got to tell me what stuff is now because y'all know I, I don't know what it is. Somebody, I learned a new word today. Somebody said something. I was like, what is that? I had to Google it. All of these new words where people change the meaning. So anyway, um, but make sure that you, um, Bishop Oman, dollar sign, Bishop Oman with the number two, Harvest Church, the church for us. give. See you at church tomorrow night. Um, thank you uh, for your prayers, your love, your support. And um, y'all have an amazing night. So stimulus checks. Come on. Oh, stimulus check. Thank you. <laughs> Pay your tithes off your stimulus. Pay your tithes. Off, thank you. I didn't know. Pay your tithes. I did not know. Listen, pay your tithes. Thank you, guys. Offer of your stimulus. Stimulus. Pay your tithes and get seed in the ground. So I'm going to do a video. I'm probably going to release it tonight. It'll release on the church tomorrow. I'll probably do it tonight or tomorrow to give you four tips on what to do if you got extra income that has come in. Please, please, please pay attention to that video as it relates to those tips. Love you guys. Have an amazing night. Shalom, everybody. <laughs> Stimmies. This is Stimmy Jimmy's. That is funny to me. Hey, Cricut customers. Max with ads is included with your Cricut $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricut username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricut. Yeah! Phone plan, streams, and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply.